get right into the word and I feel like there is a word for somebody I know there is I don't know who um, but I know you need this word maybe it's a lot of people that need this word I need it quite often in my life so I want us to go to arguably the most quoted scripture in all the Bible that'd be John 3.16 and I want to just share some things that I learned and discovered in prayer today for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life I want to just preach to you for a little bit I don't really really I don't even want to preach to you I just I want to talk to you for a little bit I really do I just want to talk to you from right here and I want you to know this when you leave you matter and I'm not piggybacking off of anybody else's matter this is a God moment you matter I want us to pray that we'll hear and understand what the word is saying to us. Lord, we love you. One more time, we thank you for your word. We thank you for truth. Thank you for this beautiful congregation of people tonight. I ask you to bless our young people. I ask you to bless our children, those that are in nursery, those that are watching somewhere else. Lord, just touch them, bless them. Let us all be moved by your word and by your message. Challenge us. And let us know what we mean to you one more time. We'll give you all the honor and all the praise. And you are the mighty God. And your name is Jesus. And we thank you that we know that. And we'll give you praise in your name. Everybody said amen together. And then let's just worship him one more time. Look at your neighbor, whether you're standing or sitting, and just say, you matter. And that's easy to do. That's pretty easy to do because if you're sitting by somebody, they matter. Now I want you to say this, I matter. That, that makes it personal. There is God and there's my God. There's the Lord and there's my Lord. Amen. You matter. I want to break this verse down for a few moments. And there's some things that uh, the Lord led me to uh, pretty interesting series of events that even got me here but uh, none of that matters but uh, you can talk about a lot of things you can debate a lot of things but the word of God is is really not one of them I mean you can debate it but uh, the truth is the truth a debate's not going to change it and uh, so that's you know that's that but I began to read this verse, and I read it several times and was just kind of breaking it down and, and, and studying it and, and praying and saying, Lord, what is it? You know, what, why am I here? What, what's going on? And 
I feel like the Lord directed me to just share with you that although we could argue about a lot of things and the meanings of this verse and what all it surrounds and encompasses, the facts are this. The first six words of this verse is the message. Now, you, you can turn this verse into a whole lot of, a lot of stuff, and we can talk about that any day, any time, and, and we, can, we can come to a good understanding about it. But the fact is, John 3 and 16 says this to us. For God so loved the world. That's the message of the verse. Now, I'm fixing to prove that to you. It's going to be easy to prove. For God so loved the world. Now, God is the noun. Let's do a little old English here. Let's just do a little schooling, just a reminder. What is a noun? It's a person, place, or thing. So God is the noun. He's the who. And then there is the next word. It's the word that, I have never paid attention to. I've never looked it up. I've never been interested in its meaning. Didn't really even think it had a meaning till today. And I started looking into this to, to see this next word, and it's the word so. S-O. What, what, what does that mean? It comes from a Greek word that's hauto. It's H-O-U-T long O. Hauto. It's how it's pronounced. It's an adverb. Watch this. Uh, in, in this way, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's put uh, to help the verb. It's an additive to the verb. All right? Look at, so look at this. Uh, it, it, means, it means this. Here's the meaning of the word so. It means in this way or after that, no more on this fashion, never again like this. That's a pretty significant meaning for such a small word. For God so loved. So he's describing the verb, which is love. That's the action. He's describing it with the word so. And, he, and how he's subscribing this, how he's describing it, is he is saying that never before, never after, have I loved like right, right here. If you want to find the greatest love in the history of the Bible, according to its own meaning, it's right here. For God so loved. Loved is the action word. So is the adverb. And so the word so right here is just like he loved her so much. So much has an incredible meaning compared to he loved her. Uh, the word so in this particular verse just means never again in this fashion. Never like this. 
never this great beyond this. And so the adverb gives a, a description and, and clarification to the verb. It literally adds to the verb, which is loved. It's the action word. And then the next word is world. The world right here is the pronoun. It's the second person or thing being talked about. It's not the main subject, but it's not the noun. It's a pronoun. All right? Now, this, we're not in English here. I'm just trying to, I want us to know what's important. And so world, it's, it's the pronoun. It's the other someone else or something else in the discourse of the sentence. And so the last three quarters of this verse describes the love that he had for the world. But very quickly, we see that God so loved the world. And if you read it, all the rest of it is a description of how he loved the world. Everything else is subject to God loving the world. All right. This is good already. Okay, so we've talked about God. We've talked about so. we talked about loved. So we've got a noun. We've got an adverb, we've got a verb, and then we've got a pronoun, and it's the world. What is the world? What does it mean right here? It means the entire human family are the inhabitants of the earth. That's me. That's you. That's you. That's me. So God so loved the world that he done something that he would never do greater ever again than at that moment. It was the greatest expression of love. Now, we can talk about how it all happened, how he robed himself in flesh and, and, and how he became the embodiment of the unseen God. We can, we, can, we can talk about it. We can discuss it. We can look at all the, the verbiage and how it's written, and, and, and we can debate all that another time. But let's just talk about the, what this verse means to us right here. For God so loved the world. So as we read this and we read its meaning, uh, its biblical meaning, it has two meanings. It's both spiritual and natural, scientific. It's, it's, it's both. It's, it's, the, it's the people of the world, and then it's the spirit of the world because of the salvation side of it. So it, it's both scientific, it's, it's physical, it's flesh and blood, it's object, it's matter, it's material, and then it's spiritual, it's salvation, it, it's, it's hope. And so uh, there, it, it's, a, it's a big verse. Just those six words are huge, and, and it has both meanings, spiritual and scientific. So let's just look at the natural for a little bit or the scientific meaning and what uh, this word, world, and, and from the perspective of, of the Bible. And so uh, I, we mentioned this the other day in passing. I don't remember what it was about even at all, what day it was, and didn't think important enough to look back. But there's debate right now whether we have somewhere between 8 or 11 billion people in the world. Some say we're crossing into 8. Others declare, no, we've missed so many. There's uh, 11 at this time. And so remember, we're talking about the world, the inhabitants of the world. All right? Somebody just say this with me. God so loved the world, the people, the inhabitants, you and I. 
He loved the world. One of the meanings is the cosmos, the planet, the physical, the earth, the dirt, the water, the sky. It's everything that is the earth. And when you get home, I would just be thrilled if you'd go take an hour and do a little research on the statistics I'm about to share with you and uh, go through all of it because some of the things I'm fixing to tell you is going to be virtually unbelievable. I had to check and double check and triple check and Bible check, everything. And so just, just listen to some of this for just a moment. What the Lord speaks about here in his word when it says God so loved the world. Watch this. The best measurement that scientists can agree on is at the surface of the world. If you could just measure the flat parts, it would be 196,800,000 square miles. That'd be the surface of the earth. The earth is one of eight planets that revolve around our sun. Now, some of y'all are saying, wait a minute, there's nine. Yeah, but you forgot. Back last year, they took Pluto off the list. And, uh, you know, it was always nine when I was growing up. I, I imagine Pluto's still mad about that. They're not, they're not on the list anymore. But so, so now, the scientists say it's, it's, uh, the Earth is one of, is one of eight uh, planets uh, that go around the sun. And so, uh, went from nine to eight. And so, the sun, watch this now, is the closest star to our world. Its name is Earth. It's the name of the star we live on. It's the name of the planet. It's the name of our world is Earth. And, but it has the same meaning as what Jesus Christ gave his life for. All right? Go, go, again, go do the research when you get home, and, and, and it'll make me happy, and you can text me and tell me what you find. So the sun is the closest star to our world. It is 93 million miles away. The sun is 93 million miles away from our earth that God so loved. The diameter of the sun is 865,000 miles across in a straight line. From edge to edge, 865,000 miles. Our world is known as the earth, and it could fit inside the sun 1,300,000 times. That's what I said. The earth can fit inside the sun 1,300,000 times. I want you to go fact check me. That's a big old sun, isn't it? That's a big star. It's 93,000, 93 million miles away. With that said, the sun is considered to be an average-sized star. Watch. Watch this. It's an average star in comparison to others and some that have never even been measured. But I want to show you how average the sun is. There's a star known as NML Cygni. It's also known as V1489. It's been measured to be 2,775 times the size of our sun. Are we, are we all right? 
There is a star that has been measured by humankind that is 2,775 times the size of the sun, and the earth will fit in the sun 1.3 million times. So I know you're dying for the math. This means that Cigna V1489 is 3,607,500,000 times the size of our world. Billion. One star. There are 52 stars that measure to be more than 100 times the size of the sun. 52 stars. And remember, the earth will fit into our sun 1.3 million times. Y'all good? Has anybody Googled that yet? Y'all are dying to. I feel it. It takes approximately eight minutes. Now, hear this. This is good. Brother, Brother John, thank you, brother. Uh, it takes the, the light from the sun approximately eight minutes to reach our world at 93 million miles away, it takes the light of the sun, at the speed of light now, it takes it eight minutes to reach the surface of our world. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. Now watch this. That's traveling at the speed of light. What is that? 186,282.4 miles per second is the speed of light, 186,000. Miles per second, the speed of light. That is 11,176,944 miles per minute. 11 million miles per minute is the light traveling from the sun. So how many miles per hour is that? That's 670 million, 616,640 miles per hour. I told you, get ready to look some of that up because it seems impossible, but it's a fact. 670,616,640 miles per hour is the speed of the sun's light to reach the earth. Now, this is just a side note. This just hit me while I was studying. When the Lord kicked Satan out of heaven, he used a time to show how, and he said he kicked him out as lightning. That would be 670,616,640 miles an hour, the Lord said, you're out. He got him on out of there. Moving on. So let's go just a little further. Our galaxy that we can see on a really beautiful, clear, but dark night. I, I, love, to look at the, I love to look at the stars at night from Colorado. There's no light pollution when you're in those mountains, especially if you're in a valley, and you look straight up, you can see the Milky Way, and you can just see stuff. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's beautiful. I love it. But when you do this, this galaxy that you can see, which is our galaxy, which has so many beautiful colors, and it's sparkling and twinkling, and it just looks way more than 3D. There's no real description of how it looks in my mind. The Milky Way is our galaxy. It has a minimum of one billion stars in our galaxy. 
Watch this. Some scientists believe there's 400 billion stars in our galaxy. Our galaxy is considered to be an average size galaxy. <laughs> oh, this is good right here. I like it already. There are 100 billion galaxies. Are you getting your mind around this at all? It's it, it, me too. I'm just foaming out the ears. It's 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 you can't you can't imagine. And I'm setting all this up because we're trying to get our hands around the God that loves us. So our galaxy is considered to be an average galaxy with 100 billion other galaxies in the universe. There are hundreds of billions of stars in each galaxy. Now listen to this. This is incredible. If we counted a star every second just in our galaxy, if we counted, these are the known stars in our galaxy, if we counted a star every second in our galaxy, it would take us a little over 2,500 years to count the stars in our galaxy. There's hundreds of billions of stars in every galaxy and 100 million galaxies. All right. I just want to tell you something. The Bible said, how many of you believe what the Bible said? The Bible said that anything that was created, he created it. If it's there, the God that saved us made all that. Controls all that. Keeps all that flowing properly and moving. Everything's moving. Everything's happening. Now, let's just jump to a whole other verse. Is your mind blown? I know some of you want to just, y'all are wanting so bad to be looking at some page. And as soon as you get home, do it. And then and call me if you find a uh, discrepancy. I'll, I'll take it with honor. Luke, five, uh, Luke 15 and 1 through 5. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? It's a question. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. Verse 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. And then he goes into a second parable. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? That's a question. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And we know that story. It's a whole lot of long reading. But we know that at the end of that story, that boy comes home. And so the Lord likens his love and his care for a sinner 
Watch this. To one one hundredth, to one tenth, and to one half. And he said, heaven will get excited about all of it. So I just want to just remind you that you matter. Watch this. The sheep represent the Lord and his great heaven and his host of angels rejoicing over one one hundredth that was lost but is now saved. Watch this. And then the next parable says that heaven and the Lord and his angels all rejoice over one coin or one-tenth that was lost but is now returned, all of heaven rejoices. Or over 50% that walked out on God intentionally but returned, heaven brings that same rejoicing. The coin, watch this, the coin. The sheep, let's start with the sheep. We'll just do it in order right here. The sheep wandered off not knowing, ignorantly walking away as an ignorant mammal away from its master and away from its protection. And the Bible said, if ignorance carries you away and you're just a little smidgen of the flock, I'm going to rejoice when your ignorant self returns. That's what he said. He said, I'm going to have to come find you. But when we get back, oh, we're going to have a party over it. Okay. And then the second one was someone was negligent and caused one-tenth of everything precious to be lost. Those are harvest killers. Those are black widows in the church. They, 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 they kind of bring you in and then destroy you, gobble you up. They can bring 1,000 people to church and eat 900 of them. I always call them harvest killers. I don't like them. I rebuke them. I, I, don't, I hate their spirit. I don't like it. It ain't godly. But here's what happened. He said, even if there is one that neglects to do right and causes a tenth to be lost from the house. When it's recovered, all of heaven and all the angels will throw a party. And then he said, and listen how big this is. He said there's two sons. One of them looks his father in the eye and says, I don't care about you. I don't care about your legacy. I don't care what you live for. I don't care what you're going to die for. I'm leaving here, and I'm going to do my own thing. All of these represented people and the church. And the last one, half the church, looked at God and said, we don't care nothing about what you plan on dying for, what you gave us, what our hope and salvation was, See you later. Enjoy your life. And he said, the same one that would be happy over one one-hundredth that was lost out of ignorance or one-tenth that was ran off out of neglect or one-half that blatantly turns their back on me, I will also rejoice Hey, I want to tell you something. 
Whether you see yourself as one one hundredth or one tenth or one half, the Lord said it don't matter to me really. I just got to see to it that you're saved in so much as that. For God so loved the world. I want somebody to understand me. He loves you so much that in all the stars and all the suns and all the galaxies and all the worlds and all of what science can come up with, he loves you so much that he robed himself in flesh and came to live and die a sinner's death so we might be saved. I want you to know you matter. You ought to stand to your feet right now and praise him. You matter so much to him in that big picture. You matter so much that all of space and all of time and all the stars and all the suns and all the moons and all the people and all the creation, God so loved you that he gave. I want to tell you something. It's past time for the children of God to be, oh, pity me. It's past time for us to be feeling sorry for ourselves. When we look at how insignificant we are to ourselves in this vast universe, but that God reached down with his hand and made a personal touch on my life so I could be changed. Everybody ought to be able to tell the devil every morning, I matter, I am somebody, I am important, I am first, I'm the head, not the tail, I'm the lender and not the borrower, I'm the one healing, not the one dying, I'm the one, I matter. Look at your neighbor and say, you matter. Somebody might have mistreated you. Somebody might have ran you off. Somebody might have been the black widow that pulled you in and showed you the wrong side of Christianity. But I want to tell you, Jesus Christ wants to save you. Jesus Christ loved the world. You might be the one who just turned around and walked off. He loves you so much that all of heaven will stop to usher you back into his presence. Well, I walked out and turned to drugs. I walked out and turned to relationship. I walked out turned to addiction. I walked out and turned to money. I I walked out for fame. It doesn't matter why you walked out. When you came to yourself. Why? It might take all of that and the world might be able to fit inside the sun 1.3 million times. But inside of a place called the world, inside of a nation called the United States of America, inside of a state called Texas, inside of a town called Terrell, on a street called Griffith Avenue, on a Wednesday night in April, God said, I loved you so much. I allowed you to be in my presence to be reminded that I love you. Somebody ought to just stand and praise him right now. You matter. Your family matters. Your children matters. The spirit is for you. It's for your children. It's for their children. It's for as many as the Lord our God shall call. You matter. 
It don't matter how much money you've got. It's not important what your socioeconomical status is. It's not important where you come from. It's not important the tint of your skin or your last name. The only thing that's important is you recognize that you matter. If you can understand that you matter to this vast kingdom. I read a book or a portion of a book. Don't think I ever even finished it a number of years ago by Francis Chan called Crazy Love. I wish I'd have got into this a little bit. I encourage you to just read that. It's unreal how much God cares. All that. He made all that we're talking about. It takes eight minutes. It's so far for the light of the sun to get to the earth. But in this earth, which is the world, he loved the inhabitants so much. That he came through the womb of a young virgin. And he came as the Lord Jesus Christ. John in 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you keep on reading, it tells you that he made everything. And, and people rejected him and turned away. They didn't realize who he was and what he was. But when you get down to verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Somebody tell me who the Word was. Somebody hear me right now. While you've been worried about your family, you've been worried about your life, and you've been worried about your finances, you've been worried about your health, I want you to listen. You matter. But we've been going through it, Pastor. You matter. Never, ever had he loved. Sister Gordon, if you would, John 3, 16, back up, up, up on the wall one more time. For, and that had no significant meaning, just in case you're wondering, for God so loved. So, an adverb with the meaning. So, never again would he love like what's fixing to be expressed. That's a biblical meaning. For God loved more than he ever would again the world. That love would never be matched anymore than his plan of coming through humanity and feeling the feelings of humanity and knowing the hurts of humanity. He experienced sickness. He experienced accusation. He experienced people turning their back on him. He experienced people lying on him. He experienced death. He experienced the death of a loved one. He experienced the death of a friend. He experienced the death of a stranger. He felt the pain from a widow woman getting ready to bury her only son. He felt all of humanity's feelings so that he could truly say, I understand. 
you matter. But you don't understand, Pastor. Mom and Dad, you matter. I was raised, you matter. But my family didn't take me, you matter. Mama didn't care, you matter. Daddy walked out, you matter. I've walked out on God, you matter. Somebody hurt me in the church. There's no hurt like church hurt. You matter. Somebody neglected you and intentionally, you matter. There's never any greater love than the love that God showed us through becoming the humanity of Jesus Christ. The Bible said the fullness of the Godhead not one third, not one 323rd. That's all the titles. But he said the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily, bodily. Everything, all the authority and power that ever was dwelt bodily in Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus could stand flat-footed, square-shouldered with a truth-telling tongue and say, before the foundation of the earth, I was. Come on. It's why he could say, I am the father of creation, the son and redemption, the Holy Ghost in the church today. He didn't have any hookups or hangups about titles. He knew who he was. He knew what his authority was. He knew what place and time and eternity Somebody said, well, tell us about the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. See, the enemy always wants to try to twist us up on some words, and it ain't going to be long. I don't do series, you know, and I'm not a series fan. Sometimes I think we get into a lot of printed material, that, and it don't fit the time, and we just stick with it. But real soon, I'm going to be teaching a series I had not done in two years. Who is God? Who is Jesus? I'm going to share about 400 verses with you. God said he's a rock. Jesus said he's a rock. God said he's a savior. Jesus said he's a savior. God said he's coming back. Jesus said he's coming back. There's either a big struggle in heaven or there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and Jesus Christ is. You matter so much. Let's stand together. If you have a song prepared. If you have a song prepared, it'd be great. Maybe you've just been feeling a little down. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you've been battling the enemy to bring a little depression. Okay, it happens to everybody. Maybe even a little spiritual oppression. You've been down so long that you, you can't even worship. You can't hardly lift your head. You can't hardly clap your hands. We don't want that to take root. You know what, it, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just the spirit of the first man, Adam, that says, why me? Why my family? Why my kids? Why my home? But the second man came to give life and life more abundantly. And he loved us so much that he laid his life down for us. Why? 
because in all the cosmos that we can't even get our heads around that some of y'all were just going. I wish I could see in y'all's face while I was trying to say some of that. One billion, six hundred. Just forget it. What it means is it's a whole lot. But in all of that, there's a little speck of mud that he breathed a living soul inside of. And he said, while you were a sinner, while you were lying and cheating and cursing and drinking and cheating and carrying on, I loved you so much that I'd, I'd give my life for you. Why? Because you matter. If you feel like you matter, I just wish you'd walk to the front just for a few moments. It's 11 minutes after 8. We've been in the service an hour and six minutes. We started at 7.05 tonight. Just slip a hand up towards heaven and thank God for his beautiful word that when you showed up, heaven got excited.